0: On NTD Business this evening, home sales show no sign of slowing down. We talked to a seller in the red-hot Tampa Bay market about just how active big institutional buyers are there. New cryptocurrency scams popping up trying to lure people into buying their tokens. We have tips on how you can avoid falling for them. And Louis Vuitton is raising prices globally. Now, many are looking for signs that other brands will follow suit. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Paul Graney here, live from New York City. To unionize or not to unionize? Workers at one Amazon warehouse in Staten Island, New York, are set to vote on it at the end of next month. If it succeeds, it will be the first unionized Amazon warehouse in the United States. And it comes as Amazon workers at another warehouse in Alabama are voting by mail for the second time in whether to unionize. In the first vote last spring, the workers voted against creating a union, but labor officials ordered a redo, claiming that Amazon's anti-union tactics tainted the results. And venture capitalist Chamath Palihapitiya is stepping down as chairman of Virgin Galactic. That's the spaceship company owned by Richard Branson. Virgin Galactic says Shamath was instrumental in his launch as a public company. In 2019, his SPAC took it public. Then he joined the board, joined the company as its first chairman. Shamath is the founder and CEO of Social Capital. It's backed big companies like Virgin Galactic, Open Door, and Slack. Shamath says he's stepping down to focus on other things. And luxury brand Louis Vuitton is raising its prices, not just here in America, but globally. And while people say it's inevitable since its costs have gone up, could there also be another reason? In Evelyn Lee has more.
1: Luxury brands are raising prices on their items, and it seems that people are buying even more.
2: We have a degree of uh, flexibility on our prices. So in the face of inflation, we have the ways and means to react.
1: In the LVMH earnings call, executives announced that 2021 was a record year. And fashion and leather goods especially contributed to that. But on the heels of record sales, Louis Vuitton increased prices this week. The fashion giant says it's because of rising costs and inflation. The president of Alter Created Diamonds, Amish Shah, says cost increase is not the only reason to raise prices.
2: While that is an important part, there's an important part that comes after that, which is protecting margins protecting brand equity, and also uh, removing the price instability on a global level.
1: Shah says Southeast Asia, for instance, pays almost 30% more than Europe for the same branded products. This is a disparity they want to remove. One of the most important things for luxury brands is desirability and how much consumers think they're worth. Shah says there's a correlation between that and price increases.
2: When we talk about brand desirability, you know, there is a unspoken uh, mindset that when the prices for any brand consistently go up up over a period of 5, 10, 20 years, and they actually beat inflation rate, the consumer starts thinking of it as an investment versus an expense.
1: And LVMH is not the only company that experienced a great year. Gucci owner Kering reported revenue that's 13 percent compared to 2019. And Cartier owner Richemont says sales grew by almost 40 percent.
2: I think the consumers should expect an increase in almost all uh, branded product products and brands to be raising prices.
1: Shaw says with high inflation, it's easier for consumers to digest the price increases. And for luxury brands, it's important to stay ahead of inflation to keep their brands desirable. Evelyn Lee, NTD News.
0: French carmaker Renault swung back to profit last year, reversing two straight years of losses. Today it reported a net profit of $1 billion, well above analyst projections. and Its operating margin of 3.6% was above the automaker's own target, which it reached two years ahead of schedule. Its CEO puts the successes down to the group's strategy of, quote, value over volume and, quote, strict financial discipline. The strong performance means Renault now plans to repay ahead of schedule the state aid it received during the health crisis. Renault also confirmed that EVs are the future of the company, wants the brand to be fully electric by 2030. And on Wall Street today, all three major indexes, each falling more than 1% this week, The Dow fell 233 points, 7 tenths of a percent today. The S&P 500 lost 31 points, also 7 tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq dropped 169, but 1 and 2 tenths of a percent. New data shows sales of previously occupied homes surged by just shy of 7% in January. That's despite supply falling to a record low and prices ticking up, according to the National Association of Realtors. The spike in sales could reflect buyers rushing in to close deals as the market expects higher mortgage rates. 30-year mortgage rates just topped 4% last week. According to the NAR, investors made up a big share of the sales, rising from 17% in December to 22% last month. Some of the investors made all-cash offers, adding to overall demand. Meanwhile, the price for a new home has climbed more than 15% from a year ago. Looking forward, it appears home supplies will still be tight. New home construction dropped 4% last month. Joining us to discuss housing market trends is a guy who's selling homes in one of the hottest markets in the country right now, Tampa Bay, Florida. We have Jeff Musgrave. Jeff, pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. Jeff, any sign of the markets cooling off there at all?
3: Uh, Not at all at this point. We're actually seeing an increase in properties coming onto the market right now. As of about four weeks ago, we were seeing about six to seven hundred homes throughout central Florida hitting the market each week. And this last week, we actually saw that number increase to almost 2,000. Wow. Why? Uh, Well. Typically in real estate you have seasons and once we hit tax return season, that's typically when people want to start listing their home for sale because their kids are gonna be getting out of school soon and everybody wants to make a move during the summer, right? So
0: interesting. So you were expecting it. Are you are you expecting it will affect prices at all? It's a big inventory, Jump.
3: Uh, Yes. So actually, within the past week, we actually saw 2,500 homes sold throughout Central Florida. So we're almost up to the same amount of homes that are being sold with what's coming onto the market. So with the demand, we're still seeing homes selling with multiple offers on them, in some cases, 10, 15, 20 offers. Um, We're hoping that Coming into season with the amount of listings that are going to come to the market, it'll help balance out the supply and demand a little bit, Uh, but with the amount of people moving to the Tampa Bay area in general as well, I don't see it tipping the scale too much.
0: Now on that point, the housing market has been pretty strong all across the country, right? but particularly there in Florida. Who exactly is buying and why?
3: Uh, Well, we have a lot of people coming from other states to the state of Florida. Um, I think a lot of that uh, is in, is uh, a lot of uh, the responsible, I think COVID has been responsible for a lot of that um, with regards to the state's mandates um, as being a little more laissez-faire as you could say uh, with regards to keeping things open Uh, but we are seeing a ton of investment from overseas so uh, i specialized in the new construction realm for uh, about the first five years in my real estate career and over the last two to two to four years we saw a huge uptick in the amount of investors coming from overseas specifically china and uh, looking to get involved in our new construction market
0: On the people coming there for COVID-related reasons, do they tell you this? Do they tell you we want to be somewhere where there's less restrictions or you just kind of pick it up from where they're coming from?
3: Uh, For some people, that's the reason. Others, it's, you know, COVID happened, they got to work remotely, so now they can pick up and go to somewhere, wherever they want in the country and continue their their same level of income and their same employment. And so what better place to do that than sunny Florida? You know, the weather's great up here, a little bit better than, you know, sometimes the snow up
0: north, so. Agreed, Tampa Bay particularly. Um, Jeff, there are often times we run these stories online on our online videos. People comment. They say, oh, it's BlackRock. It's big institutional players who are coming up and buying up all the houses. Is this really what you're seeing on the ground? We are seeing a good bit of that. So I would say about
3: Seventy-five percent of the homes that we listed as a brokerage firm, uh, residential single-family homes, uh, have been purchased by some of your larger hedge funds. Uh, you know, uh, you know, your Zillow's, your OfferPad, your Open Doors, uh, and your private equity hedge funds um, to use as as rentals and investment properties. So, what uh, going percentage? That, what percentage did you say, Jeff? About about seventy-five to ninety percent of our listings that we've been hitting the market with have been being purchased by investment firms.
0: That's a lot.
3: Right. It is, yes. And a lot of the new construction communities, uh, one example in Trinity, Florida, it was one of the fastest growing uh, metros throughout the Tampa Bay area a couple of years ago, seen explosive growth. There's a couple of new construction communities there where the builder just stopped making the, the townhome buildings available to the public and sold them internally to these investment groups to use as rentals. So we're, it's, it's definitely a shift in the market that we've been seeing.
0: Well, how big a shift has that been? Let's go pre-pandemic. What percentage of listings were you selling to institutional buyers?
3: Much, much less. I would say we would probably somewhere between the 5 and 15% range. So wow. it's definitely a huge difference. And I think, you know... Uh, they were definitely uh, definitely had the right counsel on that because quarter one and quarter two of last year, 2021, uh, the Tampa Bay area, Greater Tampa Bay area saw some of the largest upticks in rental rates uh, from any other MSA in the country. So uh, rental rates here have been um, been going up, and it's actually something the city is working on um, through either you know some rent control or some sort of affordable housing initiative to help keep rents affordable for uh, some of our families here in Tampa, so they don't get
0: pushed out. Wow, that's the big complaint. That's the big complaint we've been hearing. Fascinating, by the way, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Best of luck. Thank you for coming on.
3: Thank you so much for your time.
0: The Federal Reserve wants to keep your trust and confidence. It's about to ban its officials from trading individual stocks, bonds, and cryptocurrency. You may remember two Fed presidents stepped down late last year after a trading controversy that even extended to Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. It was discovered several officials traded positions right before the Fed's extraordinary intervention in the financial markets. So for now on, officials will have to give 45 days notice before buying an asset. Then they'll have to hold it for at least a year. Seems the idea is to guard against short-term speculation based on non-public information. The rules will also apply to the officials' spouses and their children under the age of 18. And the FBI is forming a new team dedicated to cryptocurrency. They're not going to trade it. It's called the Virtual Asset Exploitation Unit. It'll focus on tracking and seizing crypto linked to illicit activity. Here's Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco making the announcement yesterday.
1: This FBI unit will combine cryptocurrency experts into one nerve center that can provide equipment, blockchain analysis, virtual asset seizure, and training to the rest of the FBI.
0: The FBI has tapped a seasoned computer crimes prosecutor to lead the team. The move comes after the Justice Department's largest ever financial seizure earlier this month. In that case, a New York couple allegedly laundered $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin, which was stolen in a hack in 2016. Under President Biden, regulators have ramped up scrutiny of the crypto industry after a series of high-profile cyber attacks last year including the attack on the largest U.S. fuel pipeline, Colonial Pipeline, and the world's largest beef supplier, JBS. Some ransomware groups have demanded payments in crypto. A while back, we reported on the Squid Game cryptocurrency token, which turned out to be a scam. The coin had nothing to do with the popular TV show of the same name, but now more copycat coins are popping up, mimicking luxury car brands, even Hollywood movies. The coins, though, have absolutely nothing to do with the big-name brands at all. So how do you spot crypto scams? Entity's Phil Zo has the details.
4: Fake crypto coins are popping up everywhere, naming themselves after brands like Tesla and the Jurassic Park movies.
0: Name it whatever you want. You can
4: even
5: grab a famous brand uh, name such as Gucci and, and call it Gucci coin. If it includes a company name, it's like less scam. You'll see coins that come out of left field uh, associated with things like they have a name, a brand they try to use, like Mini Tesla or something like that. It uses the logo and the, and a car. The co-founder of Bitcoin
4: IRA, Chris Klein, says just because a coin is listed online, that does not mean it's authentic.
5: The things folks do is they think, oh, it's on coin market cap, so that must be it's real. Really, you should look at where can you access the coin.
4: Meaning, check to see if the coins are available at the larger exchanges like Coinbase and Kraken. If they're only available on smaller and lesser-known exchanges,
5: beware. There's exchanges that will list everything, right? Uh, It's part of that open-source mentality of crypto.
4: Blockchain developer Daniel Logvin says if a coin only focuses on how much gains and money it's making, that's a red flag.
0: Serious blockchain technology companies are mostly focusing on spreading information about their progress, about their developments, about their future plans, and not about how much money
4: can an investor make. Lagvin says don't be misled by large social media followings. Sometimes the numbers are bogus.
0: All of these projects are buying bots to, to make it look like they're really popular when they are not. The crypto world everything is based on marketing
4: entrepreneur anthony miller says it's too easy for scammers to create their own crypto coin that's why there are so many copycats on the market
3: for very little money you can create your own um you know coin and trading platform
4: miller says he's been approached by people from china India and the Philippines.
3: People have come to me and they said that they could create coins for me, ERC coins, for like nine hundred bucks. They could create a whole trading platform for me for like two thousand dollars. He
4: says if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Phil Zhou, NTD News.
0: The United States has added Chinese e-commerce sites from major tech companies to its list of quote notorious markets. On Thursday, the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative said that includes sites owned by big companies like Alibaba and Tencent. The list identifies close to 80 online and physical markets that reportedly facilitate trademark counterfeiting or copyright piracy. USTR said in a statement this includes identifying for the first time AliExpress and the WeChat e-commerce ecosystem. The list is a blow to the reputation of companies but carries no direct penalties. Alibaba responded, saying it will work with agencies to address intellectual property concerns. WeChat, though, it said that it strongly disagreed with the designation and defended its policy to deter and punish violations. Now we go to the U.S.-China space race. Shanghai has started working with a state-owned Chinese satellite company, To help advance Beijing's space ambitions. Anthony Stan Ma gets some insight from a geopolitical analyst and author of the book Winning Space.
6: Shanghai signed an agreement on Wednesday to cooperate with state owned China Satellite Network Group. This move is one cog in China's machine to realize
5: its space ambitions. It stands to reason that a city that large and that potent economically, would sort of have its own interest, its own stake in a national endeavor.
6: Through the agreement, Shanghai will likely contribute to the construction of China's space satellite constellations, which will be similar to SpaceX's Starlink. Geopolitical analyst and author Brandon Weikert sees some potential concerns.
5: They, the Chinese could conceivably, if push came to shove, use some of their spare satellites to crash into American or Allied satellites to render our forces, which entirely rely on satellites for communication, for surveillance, for intelligence gathering, all of that, to render those four American forces on Earth deaf, dumb, and blind.
6: The China National Space Administration detailed the specifics of China's space ambitions in a recent white paper. Its plan spans five years and aims to make China, quote, a strong presence in space.
5: Chinese uh, scientists, as well as military and political leaders, they want to dominate space for China. Xi Jinping identified space as one of the key sectors that China must dominate in order to dominate the world, or to achieve the China dream of 2049, which is to ensure that China is the hegemonic power in the world Weichert
6: says that for the U.S. to compete with China, the U.S. Space Force will have to get all the resources they need, including a bigger budget.
0: Don Ma, NTD News. Quick break, but still to come. A top tire company is actually trying to reinvent the wheel. Could mean in a few years you'll no longer have to worry about air leaks. And we have the latest updates in Hollywood, including an upcoming movie about an iconic singer and what's next for a popular show. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. The IRS is ramping up efforts to address a massive backlog of tax returns and correspondence. Officials say the agency is setting up a second, quote, surge team for the purpose. The IRS has already redirected about 1,200 employees back into entry-level clerical positions. Their job now? To manually file paperwork and answer phones in an effort to shrink the backlog. Mandatory overtime for employees was also implemented. The backlogs in the past two years, the result of the pandemic. Add to that, the limited funding plus extra work from stimulus programs, and the result is a much busier tax season than usual. Michelin is actually trying to reinvent the wheel. Companies working on with General Motors to create airless tires that will come on updated Chevy Bolt electric cars. The vehicles are expected to go on the market within the next few years. Officials say airless tires have advantages, which include no longer worrying about leaks. But automakers have been building cars and their internal systems on the premise of air-filled tires, so that could result in necessary adjustments in the process. There's also an irony in Michelin working on airless tires. Its world-famous mascot, the Michelin Man, is full of air and one of music's all-time superstars Elvis Presley is headed to the big screen and we also take a look at what's next for Stranger Things in today's Hollywood Minute Mi- Hollywood Minute
5: He
7: was my destiny
4: I wish to promote you
2: Mr Presley
5: a a in jail.
0: Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly.
2: Here's your first look at writer-director Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, starring Austin Butler as Elvis Presley and Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. Elvis opens internationally beginning June 22nd and in U.S. theaters June
0: 24th. Eleven, are you listening?
2: Stranger Things fans have a lot to look forward to. The show's creators say the first volume of the super-sized fourth season will hit Netflix on May 27th, with volume two following on July 1st. They also say season five will be the last for the hit series, but they promise plenty of new mysteries and adventures before they bring the curtain down on the upside down.
0: And a fusion of sports and high jewelry. Tiffany & Co unveiled this limited edition Blue Wilson basketball today. It's in celebration of the NBA All-Star Weekend in Cleveland. The basketball is a collaboration between Tiffany, Wilson Basketball, the Cavaliers, and artist Daniel Arsham, who is from Cleveland. It's up for sale in limited numbers at the Cavs' stockroom in case you're interested. It costs $575, expensive basketball. And many tourists visit the Sydney Opera House and eat at the Opera Bar that offers a view of the harbor. But they have to contend with seagulls. Now, a train patrol dogs are helping the bar deter the birds and making sure customers can enjoy their meals. Here's Anthony's Chenny Wu with more.
7: Restaurants on Sydney's Promenade first tried hiring trained dog patrols in 2018. The general manager of one of the restaurants says they've noticed that seagull attacks dropped by 80 to 85 percent since then. He says they've been able to reduce food costs and customers are having a better experience
6: been a a game changer you could say and and hospitality we're not having to chase after birds and the amount of food replacements broken glasses broken plates you know it's been absolutely amazing
7: the dogs and their handlers patrol the promenade and chase away the seagulls the company that provides the service currently has 12 to 13 canines on rotation they're rostered on every day with double shifts on the weekends
1: we do use Your dogs that already have a um, temperament that's more inclined to chase things, I suppose. So like your working breeds, like your kelpies and your catalogs dogs and stuff. So they've already naturally got that instinct. Um, We kind of just tap into that (laughs) and
7: um, yeah, let them chase the birds. The dog handler says diners sometimes look confused and don't get what they're doing. But after they figure out, they will show how much they appreciate it.
1: And then you'll go on your five minute break to take the dog to the toilet and you come back and they're like, oh, that's what she's doing because the birds come back. (laughs) Um, So then they generally pull you aside and they're like, oh, this is amazing. Like last time we were here, it wasn't this great. Like, you know, we really like what you guys are doing. So they
2: generally love love it.
7: Diners also say the dogs make the atmosphere of the venues more pleasant.
2: It makes eating at the Opera Bar much pleasant. And um, we don't need to be covering our food constantly. And we don't need to be shooing away seagulls or stomping and you can actually enjoy your time here at the Opera Bar, so it's a great initiative. We actually were really impressed because uh, she's really, like, cute and friendly, and she's really
7: good. Cool. Seeing that the initiative is working well, the Sydney Opera House has signed up the dogs for the foreseeable future.
0: As the latest business updates for this week, can still catch entity evening news with Stephanie Cox, that's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, last one of the week. Frente business, it's all for this week. Thank you for watching. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.